Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. I feel bad for the spleen. It got a bad rap and then everybody just got rid of it. <laughs> Nobody even knows what it's for. I mean, I do, but we'll we'll talk about that in another episode. I don't believe you. I mean, I don't believe that we'll talk about it, but I triple don't believe you don't need it for anything. Like, No, it, you, it's, no it's, you need your spleen. You absolutely... Okay. There's no way you need your okay. spleen. Yes, you... Okay. Have, do people you have absolutely their, do, need do your spleen. Do people have their spleens removed? Yes, sometimes. Your honor, your honor, the defense rests. But there are... Hello, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And it's on. The people versus the spleen. The day you've been waiting for for two weeks is finally here. I don't understand. In this corner. Okay. <laughs> all rational people no. who know that the spleen is a big, useless lump of body cheese. Okay. In that corner, <laughs> Sydney by the spleen, herself. The spleen isn't made of cheese. Can we start with that. The spleen is not made of cheese. Of body cheese. No. Oh. In this corner, oh. all rational people in that corner, it's just Sydney out on a limb. 12 angry men. Can she win them over? So, as you can tell, Justin has been watching too much of The Grinder. And 12 Angry Men And 12 Angry Men. I'm having a second watching screen. Watching it over and over again. Second screen experience with 12 Angry Men. But that's on He's my He's really just iPhone. watching that Amy Schumer episode yeah. about 12, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Uh, so, Sydney, uh, nobody needs their spleen. That's not true. Can that be the whole episode? Mm, You're wrong. You need your spleen. You can do, live without it, but it's better if you have it. We have to do the ads, too, so that can't be the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. So, Justin doesn't appear to know anything about the spleen. That's... I, okay, this is my point, and I'm going to state my case first, because I think my case will be shorter. Do... And I said it in the last episode, and I'll repeat it here. Do people get their spleens removed? Yes. Do they get them replaced? No. You don't need your spleen... Thank you. No, but just because you can live without something doesn't mean that it doesn't provide any any function and that like there aren't consequences to not having it. So it's like an extra part in your no, body. No, it like, is there not are an lots extra part. No, we don't have a lot of extra parts in our body. They're no just kidding, parts that Cindy. That's what I keep without. saying. Okay, I'm. I need you to. You're. Uh, you're letting me like. Okay. Dom, I'm running away with this thing right now. Okay. The jurors are standing up as jurors are want to do when they're bored. They're standing up and leaving, and they're saying, "My mind's made up." Okay. I'm going I don't to think Arby's. jurors are allowed to do that. <laughs> but I don't know. I've never been on a jury. How bad in America? That's, hey, on a jury. hey. That's what I'm calling out to you, U.S. Uh, judicial branch 
Do they get to pick jurors? The, the judicial yeah, branch of the government get to send me a letter? You mean, okay, the Justice Department? The Justice you Department. <laughs> hey, send me a letter. I'm waiting to be a juror. I just thought this, I'd, get, this I'd folks, use our podcast to seen, support them. If you've never seen somebody who doesn't have a good argument to make, this is what we call stalling. Sydney okay. is stalling because she knows that I I'm have gonna, dominated. No, I'm going to tell you about the spleen now. Um, but I think in order to understand why, you, why, yes, the spleen is a necessary organ, we need a little bit of history about the spleen, right? Because I think that you're not all alone. All spleen is is history. It's in everybody's rear no. view. No, there are th- there are lots of people I think who don't really know how the what the spleen does. Like I remember, like the spleen was always kind of an organ of ridicule and humor to my mind. Like before I understood what it did. Like I remember people like would joke about the spleen. Like if you didn't know anything else, like an organ, like throw spleen out there, and it was it sounds funny, like spleeny weeny. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I think that was the thing from Invader Zim. Spleeny weeny. I don't know. I never watched that. People used to say that a lot. Everybody said that. You don't remember that? Everybody yeah, I remember that. when everybody was saying that. Everybody like crazy. was saying that. But um, but for a long time, since since ancient time, classical times, people have not known what the spleen was for, much mm-hmm. like Justin. So you're in good company. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Lance, for also suggesting this topic for not knowing what the spleen is for and recommending that we that we educate you. Yeah, we're happy to educate you, Lance. There's not much to well, say. Not just you, but everybody. Uh, the spleen is an organ of mystery. Is an international organ of mystery. Like Austin Powers, the spleen. <laughs> uh, since Webster's Dictionary defines mystery as the Austin spleen. Austin Powers and the spleen. <laughs> Those are the two things that are mysterious. Sydney, you have not made a good point okay. about the spleen yet. We're uh, four minutes in, now, still useless. in the humoral system of medicine, yes. do you remember what that is? Yeah, with four humors, they were trying to keep in balance, like bile and phlegm and right. black bile bile and blood poopy. no nope nope no. yellow bile blood. black bile blood and phlegm got it close that's pretty good so in the humoral system of medicine which believe as justin said that these four humors had to be kept in balance at all times to maintain perfect health and the way that the reason this was important is that you kept them in balance by giving people various medicines to make them like puke or poop or pee or bleed or whatever uh the spleen was the organ that held the black bile so it was like the container for it. Uh, Hippocrates wrote about it, um, specifically the consequences of an underfunctioning spleen. So if your spleen didn't work well enough, then it couldn't hold all that black bile. Um, and and the way that it got it was like it kind of removed it from the body, from the blood and, and stored it there. So if the spleen was either having trouble like capturing the black bile or if it wasn't able to store it well, then you could see that in a person because they would be prone to bouts of melancholy or maybe temper. Got it. Hence the term venting one spleen. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense now. Have you, you, are you familiar? I have heard that. So that means like you get really angry and it's because your spleen is not containing all of the black bile well and so it's spilling out, it's venting and then you are... Perfect. angry um and that was in general that that was what it you like the, th- the spleen was thought to basically do like black bile was kind of a negative humor you needed some of it um it actually was thought to strengthen your bones but it was but it was also a kind of a negative thing and so you wanted it you know kept under wraps um actually one of the ways they could tell if your spleen was functioning properly was if you were able to laugh how do you mean if you are able to laugh then your black bile is well contained and Therefore, your spleen is functioning. Mm-hmm. If you can't laugh, 
then you may have too much black bile, you're melancholy, your spleen isn't functioning well. Okay. So basically what I'm saying is if you don't like our podcast, it's probably because your spleen isn't working. You've probably got a malfunctioning spleen right now. Yeah, so essentially the spleen was responsible for keeping you in in good spirits. Good spirits, good right. cheer. Um, Santa had a huge spleen. And it, and it did that, like I said, it, it stored the black bile because it was thought to like draw the watery parts out of food in the stomach. There was this thought that it was connected to the stomach, so it would like suck the watery parts out and store some of it and then you would eventually, they didn't really know how, but some of it would get excreted from your body, like you'd poop it out, but they really didn't know any of those connections. It was just all kind of theoretical. On a side note, black bile, I wanted to bring this up. Black bile is a really interesting concept. Uh, why is that? Okay, so there there were four humors. Well, there aren't, but we thought there were. Right. Uh, and you probably know what blood is. Familiar, yes. Yeah, you probably know what phlegm is. Yeah, hockaloogie. Yep. And you may know what yellow bile is. That's like what's in what you puke up. Like it's okay. in yellow puke. Like it's made by our liver. Yeah. Like the, like there actually is like a yellowish fluid that exists in the body that I mean like there's bilirubin and there's yeah, and people would be jaundiced. So like those are three things that you could easily see coming out of the human body or if you cut open the human body like you could find them. Yeah, like what well, but black bile is like we don't see that. Where are they getting that? Right. So like what is it? And that, and that's an interesting question. Like why did it why did they come up with this concept of black mm -hmm. bile? So one theory is that um, if you bleed certain places and that blood gets digested or broken down to a certain degree, it'll look black. So like, mm. for instance, if you're bleeding in the in like your stomach or your upper intestines and it makes it all the way down the GI tract and then you poop it out, it can look kind of black. Okay. Uh, we call that melana. It's like black, sticky, tarry stools. Um, if you have that, you may be bleeding. Please go see your doctor. And if you throw up blood, it can kind of look black. We call that coffee grounds. Mm. so appetizing that's, right Great. so that's one theory is that maybe maybe that's where black bile come from comes from the other theory i kind of like a little more it's very poetic is that we had this idea that the four humors were tied to the four elements earth air water fire so we just needed a, a fourth so it's made up just so there be four of them it's just it's more of a philosophical balance like it just felt right that there should be four hence black bile there you go that sounds about right for medicine at the time just yeah aesthetics over practical pretty much application like yeah. it sounds good and nobody can prove us wrong right um hippocrates went on to describe the texture of the spleen uh from presumably from dissecting you know i don't think he could just tell like based on somebody's the way they look or the way they act. Uh, and he talked about how it was soft and it was fibrous. Aristotle wrote about it as well. And he was able to locate it in the body. So we mm -hmm. know it's kind of like in what we would call your uh, left upper quadrant. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm, yeah. I guess it's a little self-explanatory. We divide the abdomen into four quadrants. Sure. Yeah. The left upper one. That makes perfect your, sense That's where your spleen lives. Um, and he, uh, it was initially thought after Aristotle kind of wrote where it was and then after seeing dissections like of the spleen in relation to where the liver is, which the liver is over in your right upper quadrant, so okay. opposite from the spleen, uh, it was thought that maybe the spleen was like a left-sided liver. Okay. Because the liver was known to be a really important organ. So, so then, it's like the parallel, it's the... It's the... The anti-liver. 
Okay, yes. The bizarro liver. The Betty to the liver is Veronica. Well, yes. Yeah, sure. Great. Well, they thought that they did the same thing, though. And see, like, if we're going to start talking about Betty and Veronica, you're going to take me down a hole of the road because, like, they're very... I know that they would look the same if you just switched their hair, but they're very different. So, like, the not the goofus to the liver's gallon. It's like they're very different. Right. So they're the it's like same. Like the Romulus to the liver's remus. Don't I don't understand what you're saying. Okay. Anyway, it was thought it was a left-sided liver. Okay, got it. The now fa- like you. Rome, the founders of Rome, the two boys nursed by the wolf. Founders of Rome, the you, myth, in, you're having an mythology. episode. I don't okay. I don't know. Anyway, so what's interesting about this concept that maybe the spleen was a left-sided liver is that the spleen is actually typically much smaller than the liver. And so you would think that just by looking at the two organs, you would know that they didn't do the same thing. So then, so then we start trying to contemplate like, well, why would they think that the spleen did the same thing as the liver? Like they look different, they're different sizes. They, they clearly are different organs. And this is, this may have been related to the prevalence of malaria in human history. Because malaria, if you get like, especially if you get exposed to malaria over and over again over a long period of time, so people were in areas where malaria was endemic who would have gotten it lots of times, your spleen can get big. So maybe early anatomists thought that the spleen was just much bigger than it really is. And so if you just saw the two organs about the same size, because a really enlarged spleen may be as big as a liver, maybe it's a left sided liver. So do, malaria but do you actually be why think we they got literally thought that it was like the liver? Yeah, they thought it just was the liver only on the left. Just in the, like as as the as in like lungs. Like yeah, like you lungs. had paired like it was a paired organ exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, now I I have a quick question: Is that accurate? Is that what the spleen is? No, it's not a left sided liver at all. Your Honor, um, I am the uh, defense attorney. Here, I am prosecuting the spleen as being useless. Are you Morgan Freeman I'm, in this? No, I'm just I'm just like a Southern lawyer. Uh, let the record show that Dr. Smurl McElroy has talked for 12 minutes and 45 seconds, just made up stuff about the spleen, Your Honor. <laughs> just not a single fact in there. So let the record show she is totally stalling. Just because the spleen will not by the end of this podcast turn out to be a left-sided liver does not mean that it has no use. Justin, I would posit that you are not a left-sided liver and yet I have somehow found a use for you. Your honor, the prosecution rests. We will hear more <laughs> of Dr. Smurl McElroy's case. I don't know why I keep talking, calling you Dr. Smurl McElroy. I don't know. I don't, I don't Dr. go by, McElroy. I go by Dr. I mean, my dad would love that. So you can talk, you can call me that all day. <laughs> Dr. Smurl McElroy. Um, this, this also led, uh, maybe, this may be the reason that everybody agreed that the spleen had no real uh, useful function because, that this is what people thought at the time, because the spleen was enlarged in many people. This is, again, we're going with this theory because of malaria. And so it was thought to be a hindrance to athletic performance. That you have it or just that it would like get inflamed and and well the theory was that it just inherently was but the reason behind it may have been because so many peoples were enlarged so yes having an enlarged spleen puts you at risk for it it's the reason why we tell you if you have mono don't don't play any contact sports because mono can cause your spleen to get big and then if you 
get hit in the stomach where your spleen is, your spleen can rupture, mm-hmm. which is bad. It's yeah. A, it's a very vascular organ. It's very bloody. Mm-hmm. It's bad. So it may of have all been. The, of all the, the organs to be felled by, imagine being felled by the most useless one not, in the body. No. Okay, but uh, to, uh, it's not useless. But to your point, in the appendix. So just saying. Many people are felled by the appendix and it's useless. Gotcha. Anyway. So it's like a so, left-sided so me, appendix. That's no, what it's not. Is like a left-sided appendix. Let me take this one step at a time. Everybody, okay. At this time period, a lot of people had malaria. Hence, a lot of spleens were really big. Nobody knew that they were big because of malaria. They just thought like, wow, the just spleen is just this really big, cumbersome, annoying organ. And nobody knows what it does. And mm-hmm. it's really big. And if you play basketball with a big old spleen and somebody elbows you in your big old spleen, it ruptures and you die. So... Spleens are bad. Mm-hmm. And as a result, throughout like Greek, Roman, Egyptian, Babylonian writings, you can find all these references to ways to shrink your spleen. <laughs> In ancient Cosmo, I'm sure there were five ways to shrink your spleen now. <laughs> five your, five sexy ways give, to shrink your spleen for summer. Give your man the tiny spleen he's always dreamed of. So there were there were different kinds of potions that you could take and, and drink that might shrink your spleen. There were poultices you could apply to your left side to try to make your spleen smaller. Um, there were even descriptions of ways to cauterize. So like burn the left side of your body to try to shrink or destroy your spleen. These are all really bad ideas. Yeah. Um, because you, you one, you need your spleen. And two, if you just like damage it, that's you could, you could kill yourself. Uh Galen, uh, being the staff surgeon for the gladiators, which I didn't know he—I didn't know he served as that. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So he was cool. a surgeon for for all the gladiators, That's which cool. was probably a messy job. Uh, he was obviously able to look at a lot of spleens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he developed a theory that persisted for a while that the organ uh, aided in digestion mm-hmm. somehow, that it was somehow connected to the stomach. I mentioned that that was the thought for a long time, and that it would take fluid from the liver and then break it down and send whatever couldn't be broken down to the stomach and then it would go from the stomach through the GI tract through the colon and be excreted um he but he also thought that the liver and the spleen's main function were to just kind of work together to warm the stomach like they he thought they kind of enveloped the stomach in like a warm hug Mm. a warm livery spleeny hug and that that was how you digested food is that Mm. that those organs would keep your stomach warm and then you digest food and and um Obviously, that's not that's not true. So that's not accurate. No, that is not the function of the liver and the spleen. Uh, so are you gonna? Can you tell me what the spleen actually does? I'm gonna get to that, Justin. But first things first. Why don't you come with me to the billing department? Yeah, some more stalling. All right, sounds good. I'll just let I'll let you gin up something. I'll give you buy you a few minutes. Billing department. Let's go. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web 
design artist, but you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So, Small, did you come up with anything yet? Well, Justin. Cook up any more uh, spleen spleen tails? Despite the fact that uh, just as Justin today has no idea about a spleen, no one in the uh, no one in the 1500s had an, any ideas about the spleen either. You said that a few uh, times, Smurl. You're running in circles. We felt compelled. Show's running out. We felt compelled to remove them. Uh, which is, I love that. I love that about the human spirit. We have no idea what this does. Let's get it out. <laughs> Let's take it out. That's the people. Um, I, I can I can relate to that though. I'm I'm with it. I'm into it. Uh, why the first surgeon who performed this procedure in 1549 in Naples did it? I'm actually not clear. I don't I don't know what happened that may have prompted him to attempt to remove a spleen. Uh, it was written up as a successful splenectomy. Um, there is evidence that he may have actually just removed an ovarian cyst instead of a spleen, which is quite another thing altogether. Uh, either way, we know that by 1590, for sure, we successfully removed what we knew was a spleen uh, after a trauma, which was the most common reason someone would have had their spleen removed at that at that point in time was somebody got punched or stabbed or kicked or something and the spleen was found to be bleeding and we didn't know how to stop bleeding 
other than just like get it out of there get quick out. get it out of there before they bleed to death uh and there are a number of documented splenectomies after that again mainly for traumas in the u.s the first splenectomy was done in 1816 uh and it's kind of a crazy story a a prostitute stabbed a john stabbed one of her johns in the gut mm-hmm. in the spleen uh and the guy was was basically bleeding to death through this big hole uh, in his in his abdomen, where his spleen was poking out through, and so the the doctors, not really knowing what to do, because he just kept bleeding, just kind of lopped off everything that was sticking out of the hole, uh, and the guy survived. Great, proving that you didn't need the hole. At least he didn't need the whatever part of the spleen they any, managed to cut off. Really, any. Um, many more splenectomies were done throughout the 1800s, uh, but the results weren't very promising for the most part due to bleeding and infection and all the other reasons that surgeries back then weren't very effective. And eventually we got good at it by the 1900s and survival got better and and all that. But, um, but it's interesting that we have this, even before I'm going to tell you how we figured out what the spleen did, we have this long history of removing spleens. Because why not? Yeah, let's just get them out of there. What do you need them for? You already got a right-sided liver. It's another thing that can go wrong. So throughout the 16 and 1700s, we began to understand that all of our thoughts about like digestion and like black bile and all that kind of stuff were probably wrong as far as the spleen was concerned. Uh, We were pretty sketchy on what it did do. We still thought that it had something to do with mood and, and temperament. Uh, which is a which is a weird thing. Even after we we were starting to like let go of this idea of, of black bile, we were still like, well, but one way or another, we know that the spleen is involved with you being really down. Like Eeyore is very splenic, right? You know, very spleeny guy. I've never heard splenic. Is that a word you came up with, or is that a well? Real thing? It's not a. I don't think you. I don't think it's used that way. Okay, as <laughs> <is> a word. <laughs> Like there's a splenic vein, but I, I don't think you can use it in this context. <laughs> um, and we we also expanded on the idea that maybe it is a storage organ of some sort. So even if it doesn't store this mythical black bile, mm-hmm. maybe it stores something else like blood. Or gushers. Or hormones. Or gushers. Like actual gushers? Yeah, gummy candy like, gushers. You got to store them somewhere when you eat them. Do you mean like the spleen... It's like a package that stores many gushers, or are you envisioning the spleen as one giant spleen? No, gusher? it stores gushers. It's one place to keep your gushers. Do you swallow your gushers whole? Oh yeah, don't you? Otherwise, if you bite them, the goo, the goo comes out. It's disgusting. I think that's the whole idea. Sydney, uh, we just hit twenty five minutes, twenty six minutes. Congratulations, everybody. We all we basically did it. The spleen doesn't have any purpose. I'm not there yet. Hold okay. on. So the spleen was thought to expand and contract to hold blood and hormones and what other whatever other fluids we needed it to hold. Um, like, for instance, there was a thought that if you got really angry, part of what was going on is that you had too much blood circulating and you, your arteries were all engorged with blood and you might have a stroke if that happens. So the thought was that like the spleen was like your fail safe kind of mechanism like, oh, there's too much blood quick. And the spleen would like expand and hold all the blood and your spleen would get really big. (laughs) Until you calm down. (laughs) Until you calm down. Hold on. Let me take that. You need to chill out, buddy. It was also thought along these same lines that the reason that uh, pregnant women got nauseous and vomited a lot was because another function of the spleen was to like hold the menstrual blood until period time and then it would somehow send it to the uterus 
So the spleen basically in this permutation is like the body's fanny pack. Whatever the body <laughs> doesn't have room for, it just moves to the spleen. Exactly. It unzips the zipper. It puts its its map of uh, uh, Tomorrowland. It puts its map of uh, all of Epcot into there and its wallet. It's little, its little disposable camera. Little disposable camera with Mickey in the corner. And it just stores <laughs> it all there on the spleen. <laughs> Um, and that, and this was why, if it was, you could see in this context, if it was storing all of this menstrual blood that you're not, you know, getting rid of because you're not having periods because you're pregnant, that you would get really sick because of all the period blood. That's not how that works. No. No. Uh, we did begin to understand the vasculature of the spleen. So like the fact that there were all these blood vessels going in and out of the spleen and the existence of what I'm going to tell you about in a little bit is called the white pulp of the spleen. It wasn't until the 1800s that we began to understand what the other part of the spleen, the red pulp does, um, which again, I'm going to tell you about in a minute. Uh, but this was a this part was a particularly tough sell for people, and it, it was a big hang-up as to why we didn't understand what the spleen did for a long time, is that the red pulp is responsible for removing old red blood cells from circulation. Okay. So like your red blood cells that carry hemoglobin, that carry oxygen, right? You need these. Mm-hmm. They have a time, like they have a lifespan. They don't live forever. They're not immortal. So they get old, they get damaged, they need to be removed from circulation, make room for new, better functioning, healthy red blood cells. Got it. This was a really tough sell for a lot of anatomists, like Virchow, for instance, who was a very famous anatomist, who said, no, cell death only occurs if you're sick. There is no physiologic process where you just have cells destroyed and dying. Well, of course, that's not true. Right. So once we finally got over that hang up, we were able to kind of accept part of what the spleen did. Uh, Throughout the 1800s, there was a lot of debate on did the spleen destroy red blood cells or did it maybe destroy white blood cells or did it maybe make them? We knew it had something to do with blood cells. There's this great series where this naturalist, Edward Crisp, in 1855, recorded descriptions of 334 different species spleens. Like to try to help settle the spleen debate. He just wrote about like the size and the appearance and the texture of the spleens of 334 different species. I bet we learned a ton from that. No, we didn't really learn anything from it. Oh, no. No, I mean, it was just, he just recorded all this information and that was it. The end. But if you're ever, I think if you're having trouble sleeping one night, if you can dig up Edward Crisp's, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's like a treatise on this if I could description find of 334. Those in a low tone, that would be like ASMR heaven. I hope there are diagrams. I hope there are pictures. Next up, we have the. Oh, that would be a uh, great spleen of a baby goat. You can hear, it. see here, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Has no purpose whatsoever. Next slide. If we could get, if we could get that for Charlie for a birthday for it's a useless. birthday present this year, that would be a really great. A spleen. No. Book? The book uh, Edward Chris' description of three hundred thirty-four uh, species spleens. That makes thirty minutes. Wow, I did not think you'd make it thirty minutes without ever saying that the spleen was in any way. Okay, useful. in the twentieth century, we began to understand what the spleen does and doesn't do, and why. We need it. Hold First on, of let all, me get, let me get comfy. Let me get my drink. Fill me in. Okay. The spleen basically has two functions. And as I kind of alluded to, they are they they are uh, tied to the white pulp has one function and the red pulp has another function. What do you mean by red and white pulp? 
it's just a it's kind of a way we denote different sections of tissue within this in the spleen one appears kind of whitish one is reddish and so there you go um the white pulp produces white blood cells which obviously help you fight infection so they're Mm -hmm. part of you know the system part of your body's immune system Okay. They help you fight off certain kinds of bacteria, and they also help these cells mature. What's important about specifically your spleen in terms of your immune function is that if you have your spleen removed, while you still can fight off infections, you are very bad at fighting off infections from what we call encapsulated bacteria, which are certain kinds of bacteria like a pneumococcus, for instance, pneumonia, or meningitis. You've heard of that? Mm-hmm. Okay, you look. You should look scared there. Ooh, meningitis. Ooh, oh, gosh, meningitis. Haemophilus influenza. There are some other encapsulated bacteria that can cause some really serious infections that if you don't have a spleen, you lose your kind of natural, any, any immunity to that you have. So, which is why people who have their spleens removed have to get special vaccines that may be special boosters that maybe they wouldn't have had to get yet or wouldn't have had to get these boosters otherwise. Um, The red pulp part of the spleen is the part that I already mentioned, helps to remove old red blood cells from circulation, which is super important so that you just don't have countless numbers of damaged old dysfunctional red blood cells circulating. Um, It also can help store extra platelets and phagocytes, other kinds of cells that can rush to the sites of inflammation and infection when needed. So you need your spleen. Mm. You can live without it. Yes. But the only reason you you can live without it so well is because of our modern medical technology that allows us to do certain things for people who don't have spleens to help keep them safer and you know, deal with any problems that may arise. Another cool thing about spleens is that there is a cell line that is used very prominently for research for different reasons called the MO, MO cell line, uh, that was derived from a spleen that was removed from a leukemia patient back in 1976. The really cool thing or interesting thing about this case is it, it, it triggered this whole debate as to who owns an organ after it's been removed from you. Like, is it your spleen anymore? Because then the University of California patented the cell line and started selling it. And then the patient sued the university because they were like, hey, that was my spleen and you're making money off of it. But then the question was like, could the patient have ever known the intrinsic value of the cells of his spleen? What did they decide? They, they ruled for the university. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But, but then they did make certain, um, they did set certain terms where like you have to like tell a patient ahead of time, hey, we're going to remove your spleen. We might use it for research. And the, you have to be cool with that. Like yeah. you have to be informed and be aware and that kind of thing. But it's a really interesting debate about like. So in this modern era, you don't need spleens. No, you do need a spleen. But you don't need a spleen. You need a spleen. You don't need a spleen. You need. Okay. You don't there need lots- your spleen today. You don't need your spleen. Do you need your teeth? No, because you can get dentures. Well, but I mean, like, what not it better if you can just keep your teeth? Sure. It would also be better if I like drank enough water, but I'm not going to do that do you either. Need, do you need an opposable thumb? Uh, yes. But you can live without it. No, without it. Whoa. I am but an eight Whoa. Eight-man. You can live without it. What? This show's gone on too long. I rule for mistrial. <laughs> the jury's still out because they left on whether or not you need your spleen. I hope you have all been educated as to the importance the beauty and the wonder and the mystery 
Nature's that reject human, the spleen. The human spleen. The organ what time forgot the spleen. Outdated and outclassed. It's the John Henry of organs because technology has made it pointless. And I would call it the Austin Powers of organs. It is mysterious. No one quite understands why it exists or where it came from but and we all appreciate it more than we are willing to admit and it's in a nutshell it says help this is me in a nutshell baby yeah austin powers jokes and more coming up in the next episode but you're gonna have to wait <laughs> nope that was it that was the last That's, one ever uh, for i'm that, done with them forever uh, listen if you want a great new podcast to listen to let me recommend still buffering it is a show starring sydney and her delightful sister riley who is 15 as they talk about the age gap uh, and in between teens, Sydney gives Riley some advice and Riley fills Sydney in on what the teens of today are into. Let me tell you, I've listened to the second episode of the show and it kind of freaked me out about how little I knew about teenagers and how they do stuff these days. Uh, considering it's going to be another, like I'm going to be, before our daughter's a teenager, I'm going to be 10 years more out of touch. I'm like, completely helpless so uh you want to listen to that show so you can uh keep your finger on the pulse it's called still buffering you can find it on itunes it's another maximum fun show uh another one i want to recommend is schmanners you should also check out schmanners it's a lovely new show um just adorable and funny and cute from justin's brother travis and his wonderful lovely wife Teresa, where she educates him on Manners and etiquette. It's no joke. Teresa sends thank you notes for everything. She's like way, way better at it than anybody. She's yes. the perfect person to be doing this for Travis, who is the opposite of that. So it's funny and cute and charming, and you should check it out. It's on iTunes as well. Schmanners, spelled spell just the way it sounds. And still buffering. Listen to those. All of the Max Fun shows, actually, MaximumFun.org. Oh, uh, Rose Buddies. As long as we're talking about my brother's podcasts uh, and, and my wife's podcast, Rose Buddies. If you like The Bachelor, you are crazy to not listen to Rose Buddies. It's my brother Griffin and his wife, Rachel, as they talk about The Bachelor, do recaps and stuff. And it, it is uh, it, it is a wonderful wonderful companion i wouldn't consider watching the bachelor without it it's called rose buddies and you can find it on itunes now uh i think that's going to do it for us thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use song medicines the intro natural program thank you also to uh ashley for the lovely pictures of of us i hung that we received. Uh, she sent us some lovely pictures of us with with our that she our, framed and matted uh, and it's beautiful i've the picture charlie you sent with me i put on the wall immediately Ashley, so thank you so much. And thank you very much to Corinne, who I had mentioned previously about my awesome knitted frog, dissected frog that she made me. And uh, and it's awesome and cool, and I love it. Thank you. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for us until uh, next Wednesday. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Cindy McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.